Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Welcome to Divine Purpose Podcast. This is our second episode. I am your host, Eddie Dacius. Today, we have a great show for you where we will go dive deep into what it takes to really embrace God's calling. This episode is brought to you by Dacius Facility Management. They will manage your commercial building with a variety of services such as project and cleaning and vendor management. Call them now at 617 237-0106 237-0106 or go online at Dacius Facilities Management, D-A-C-I-U-S-F-M.com. Um, we have a great guest for you. My guest today, she's a published author. She's a woman of God, a wife, a mother, and the CEO of RBS Accounting Solution, LLC. She's an alumni of Bentley University. Rebecca Mercius, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. Thank you for coming in. Having me. So, how is everything with you? Yeah, everything is great. I'm so excited to be here and to just kind of speak to your audience and to let them know about, you know, what we do and just kind of touch upon a couple of points about their purpose. So, I'm excited to be here. Thank you once again. So, For our listener, who's um, Rebecca? Sure. So I can say that I am a multifaceted person. I have, I wear many hats. Um, But one of the biggest things about me is I am a servant leader. I am a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a kingdom entrepreneur. But at the heart and at the center of everything I do, um, I just love serving God's people. Um, And so, yeah, that's pretty much who I am. But I'm sure we're going to go into detail about each one of those facets. No, definitely. And I'm glad to have you on our second episode. Uh, Please give us a reminder of your business and location if you have a website. Sure, sure, absolutely. So I currently run several different businesses. Uh, My accounting firm, which is RBS Accounting Solutions, is located at 681 Main Street in Waltham, Massachusetts. We do service all of Massachusetts and actually all of the states. Um, And that is a really fast and growing bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, but overall accounting firm. Um, And we are excited as we are helping people mitigate their finances, businesses, both and individuals. So um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, so I remember when I w- was studying Dacius Facilities Management, we had a phone call where you kind of help us understanding the tax and the status we should be under. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really great. So can you tell us a quick story about your family? And I know you have a book, and we will go into the, your book. And please let let us know about your family. And I know you mentioned you you had like a culture shock 
when you f- first came here. So can you go deep into your yeah. background? Yeah, and I, I talked a little bit about that in my book, um, Chosen Discovery of Purpose in God. But my family, we are, uh, my husband's name is Shadson, and I ha- we have two beautiful children, uh, Grace and Elijah. And one of the biggest things for me, I, I wasn't born here. I was born in Haiti. And when I first came here, one of the biggest things I talk about in, in Chosen is that assimilating into a new culture is never easy, right? But one of the biggest things that comes along with that is the responsibility you feel for the growth that you're supposed to have from leaving another country to coming into a new territory. Right. I felt that at an early age and I felt like I had to sort of kind of differentiate myself from the people around me because I knew that I had responsibilities and other things that I had to kind of keep in mind about the people that I left behind. So I think that has fueled my motivation to even becoming an entrepreneur and creating my own journey and my own space. Yeah, I think, um, and I, I read your book, so everyone who's listening was watching, so they can go and get this book. So this is Chosen, Discover Your Purpose in God from Rebecca Messiers. Uh, I was reading your book and there's a section where you mentioned a blessing given too soon isn't a blessing at all and a gift exposed too early may weak you remember this yeah. section and i don't know if you can uh, explain more what you mean by that absolutely yeah that is actually one of my favorite i say this about every part of my book but really it's one of my favorite parts because it speaks to my journey as an entrepreneur and as a servant leader as a preacher as an author Um, I think a lot of the times we try to rush God's timing, right? We are sometimes in seasons where we feel like, oh, we want this to happen right now, right? And, And that's a good, that's good ambitions to have. We want the gift and we want to walk in the calling and we want to start activating the things God is calling us to, but we have to remember as as people of God, that it's not our timing, right? It is the timing of God that supersedes anything else. And so we have to be able and wanting to wait and wait on God until it's the right season mm-hmm. and the right timing. Cause you can have the gift, but it might not be the right time for you to start activating and walking in that gift. Or you might be called to something, but it might not be the season where God is gonna bring you out and show you out to the world. So especially this generation i feel like a lot of us we rush into things yeah and we don't necessarily wait on the voice of god to tell us hey this is the time this is the moment right we have to be obedient to that voice so that's why i wrote that part no i think um, and, and chose it no i think that's a really good explanation but uh let's go back to your family and i know you um so you say what what age did you came here yeah you remember so yeah, absolutely. So I came here when I was, uh, I think it was eight. I was eight when I first came here. Yeah, my family, you know, my my uncles, my aunts, they're they're all back in Haiti, and I I came here with my sister actually to come and live with my my dad and my stepmom. But you know, everyone else was kind of left behind, and my mom was actually in Haiti. So I had to you know think about that aspect as well and how I could create an opportunity for the people I left behind so that I could reach back and bring them forward with me. I believe in lift as you climb. That is one of my mottos in both my um, accounting firm, my home care business, and everything else that I do is I want to lift other people as I climb. I don't want to leave anybody behind. 
Um, so that's a big motif I would say in my family now that I use is if I know something, I'm going to help you to also do it and to do it with excellence. No, no, definitely, definitely. But um, is there anything you miss in Haiti from Haiti? So I know you've been here. Did you have a chance to go back? No, I have. I, I think I've been back only one time. Okay. Um, but I, I don't remember a lot, a lot about, you know, uh, my time there. I just know, I just miss the culture. If anything, I miss the food. I miss the culture. I miss the nice sunny beaches that I live by, you know, just, just the scenery. Okay. So w which part in Haiti you Okay. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. I think I went to Port Sally. Mm -hmm. uh, once and then I drove by Okai and it's a really really nice city. Beautiful, uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, the it's food is yeah, good food, but yeah. though the the earthquake in Haiti uh, happened 11 years ago, did you lose anybody just from that earthquake? Yeah, that? yeah. Um, it's interesting because my husband actually lived through the earthquake, oh. and his his testimony is so phenomenal in that he was in a school while wow. the earthquake was happening and he saw someone selling water outside so something told him hey get up and go and get a water and he left and the second he stepped outside him and his friend the building just collapsed collapsed wow. wow yeah so he was literally three seconds away from dying in that building and every time i hear that testimony i just shrivel up because it's like wow when god you know and, and it's it's heart-wrenching that that hap you know happened to the people that were affected Um, and in that same light, it's so amazing to be able to reflect on God's goodness and think about how he handpicks people for yeah, his reasons, right? And he definitely handpicked him from that time. So I don't have, and my mother was in Haiti at the time, actually. Okay. And she would explain to me how, um, you know, that day for some reason she was feeling so hot, she couldn't stay inside and she went and sat under a tree. And the oh, next thing man. you know, the, her house just came down. And so I am just so amazed at, at what God can do. And although I, I, I feel and I sympathize and obviously I am heartbroken by everything that happened with, you know, the millions and millions of people that have died I, from yes. that, it also gave me a moment of reflection to thank God for his omnipresence and for his omniscience, right? And his will. Because we can't overstep that. Nothing on this earth happens aside from the will of God. So um, I am always mindful to say that and remind myself that every situation that happens was ordained yeah, by God, God. And God knows about it. It comes to no surprise to him. You're right. You're right. And I have my own testimony, too. I'm a survivor of this earthquake, too. Oh, and really? Yeah. Were you in Haiti at that I was, time? Yeah, I was in Haiti. And I was driving. So my family, we, we own a restaurant in, in Port-au-Prince and mm -hmm. my mom called me to pick her up. I was with friends and, mm -hmm. and well, like I drove and I was late and she left. She took a, a, a public transportation, but she didn't wait mm -hmm. for me. But mm -hmm. on my way back that I was driving in the middle of the street, I, I felt mm -hmm. something like a shaking and wow. I thought my tire blew up and then I, I feel a second one and This is like, uh, I don't know, yeah. it's 10 seconds. I don't know how long was it, but but I was okay. I was in the middle of the street. I didn't have any car near me. And I was looking at people. 
like i saw like the walls tumbled i saw people mm. falling and wow. you, you just stop you just stop yeah and then people i see people like pray like have their hands up praising god mm. when i tried to go home and there was a lady she asked me she had a baby like mm. covered from blood and there was oh a near, nearby uh, nearby hospital and they asked me to give her a ride next thing i know i had like 15 people in the in the car oh to get God. in and i drove them close to, like close to that location like maybe mm -hmm. two minutes away and i told them i have to go home find out all my family so wow. i have my nephew so we were okay after maybe 10 days after the earthquake when i got here my show, uh, culture shock was when i take the train the red line it's like the same feeling because mm. of that earthquake wow yeah so that yeah was, it yeah. must be some sort of a yeah. ptsd in your yeah, mind definitely like, and but yeah. my, my wife always um testified that and she said if nothing like if god didn't protect me probably wouldn't be together so we have two kids now my son yeah. jovan and my daughter leah but that's to tell you god's purpose in my Absolutely. life oh it i am a firm from, believer yeah, of it yeah he saved me from this earthquake and yeah. then now I, I own a business and mm -hmm. i'm a podcaster doing his will I, and then i understand your your story and your your husband so how is he did he have a chance to go back since oh yeah he loves haiti <laughs> um his mother his parents are still in haiti so okay. he's always in haiti but recently um you know due to corona he's had to kind of put a stop to it but okay. yeah and i i'm looking forward to going i just haven't i i, I have like five businesses running simultaneously oh, here so i can't you know take time off but yeah i'm planning on going soon um to visit all right so let's switch to the business side so what can you tell Oh, teach our listeners about business. What can I teach them about business? Can you be a little specific about like, that? Like how to what? start a business. I remember, we remember our conversation where like yeah. you told me what status I could take advantage of. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that is a very heavy topic, right? In terms of uh, the legal aspect or, um, you know, the foundational aspect of starting a business. But what I would tell anybody listening is um, when I first started my business, my first business, I started at 15. I think I was selling hair products somewhere okay. in school. Wow. <laughs> so I knew early on that I was an entrepreneur and I had, I did not want to work a nine to five. I, you know, I worked in the accounting space, the accounting world for years, and I just couldn't get it together. I, I, I made a prayer and I said, God, I want my time to be spent doing the work that you've called me to do. And working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is not allowing me to preach to people, to, to just be out there and, and, and ministering to people. So um, I started my first business, which is which was a home care business, which I still have. And okay. I've hired, you know, managers to take care of that. But, you know, where my heart is in terms of the business aspect is in my accounting firm and in my purpose to profit business, okay. which is a business that helps women, Christian females, uh, launch their coaching and consulting businesses and I help them scale their businesses within one year. Um, so to anybody who's listening, if you're looking to start a business, the first thing I would tell you and suggest that you do is to really map out the why behind the what. Why do you want to start that business, right? You have to have a fuel and that fuel can't just be money. If you're just starting a business because you want more money, 
you know, the minute things start to get rocky, you'll give up, right? But yeah. if you start a business where you are passionate about something, you want to have change, you want to impact people, you want to leave something, um, you know, for generations yeah, to come, sure. then yeah. that that is where the transformation comes in. So to anyone who's listening, if you're thinking about starting a business, map out why you want to do it and give us a call. You can always call us. I am a business consultant. I'm able to sit down with you and draw out a plan that's specific to your vision and your goals. Cause there's not just a one size fits all, you know, plan. I can tell you, yes, you need to get it legally set up and all these things, but there's so much more that goes into that. And that is a tailored service that I can provide to you. Oh, well said, well said. So let's go back to your uh, background educationally from Bentley. So can you take us to that journey? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, Bentley was great. I was an undergrad there. I have my master's in, you know, in theology. I have my bachelor's in accounting. I have uh, currently working towards getting my PhD in uh, ministry. So I am well grounded in both the business aspect and working and solidifying the calling that God has given me as a minister as well. But yeah, so that was, that was very, um, that was a really great, um, you know, time in my life, just getting my bachelor's, my master's and kind of working my way through there. Um, but yeah, education is important, right? If you, if you want to start anything, you want to do anything, it's not, it's not necessary that you have an undergrad degree or a bachelor's or, you know, a master's degree, but what that does is it puts things in perspective, right? Yeah. And it gives you the tools in order to, to really set your plans in, in space. So no, um, and I think you said it really well. And so, but can you take us to the why Bentley? And I think I probably I think you probably could go to any school you you wanted. But so, can you take us why you chose Bentley? Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I actually got a full ride to college, okay. um, a full scholarship. So for me, my decision in choosing Bentley was. I think I only applied to three schools, honestly, and okay. I applied to one in California. I already knew I wasn't going to go to California because yeah. my parents were sticklers <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. And then I applied to um, UMass Dartmouth and I think Bentley and yeah. another school. I can't remember which one. But really the deciding factor from at attending Bentley was I knew a couple of people that had um, previously graduated or had been to Bentley and, you know, doing those conversations with them, it just made sense that this was something that I would see myself doing. My parents actually wanted me to be a nurse, oh, wow. right? Like okay. my parents are a doctor or something. Okay. And I hate biology. I can't even tell you what a cell membrane is. So I'm like, there is no way I'm going to do, be doing anything in the medical field. But I love numbers. I loved calculating. I love just digging into statistics and things like that. I was actually going to be a statistics professor and that was my dream <laughs> i wanted to do that wow um but you know uh god had different plans because he knew that i would want to he would want me to start my accounting firm to hopefully create space for new things to come so i'm so happy i took that step and joining bentley and being a, a bentley alumni funny uh. story about bentley actually oh yeah uh, yeah so i was um i attended a conference i was invited to be a part of a conference in california and this was re relating to my purpose to profit business. And I was there and during the conference, there was a guy, I had a Bentley, um, like one of those bracelets that I had gotten from freshman year or something. I don't know why I was wearing it. Like it did not even click in my mind to take it off. 
And I was sitting there and there was a guy behind me who like kept kind of like trying to get my attention, but he was a little bit older. So I was like, okay, what is going on? So finally, after the conference, um, we were in the kind of like the waiting area, the reception hall. And he was like, oh my gosh, I was, in a, I was a Bentley alum in like 1997. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so cool that this, you know, uh, gentleman was an alumni <laughs> in 1987 in 1997 and he saw my bracelet and you know we kind of talked about his Bentley experience decades ago and my experience now so that was actually pretty cool looking back looking back what do you think is the most important aspect of that education from Bentley yeah so uh the most important aspect of any education not necessarily from Bentley and you can be from any school yep um I think having the framework right having because you're not necessarily going to be working through everything you learn in school but having the opportunity to set yourself apart and differentiate yourself from someone who doesn't have that education comes into play and comes as it it, it is very valuable okay. i know for me with accounting in my uh, tax firm obviously it's definitely needed in my space of work to have the accounting degree and to have uh, certifications and qualifications. But even beyond that, if you are in a space and you're getting an education, just look at it as an investment in your mind and the connections you're gonna be able to make and just being able to learn as you go and as you grow. So I think any education is definitely key to being a stepping stone to growth. Um, I had a uh, pastor Gene and he was talking about his family and being like grew up in a Asian family. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can touch on that. What was your experience being a Haitian um, and then living in Hamaica and in educational? I know Haitian, they really focus on education. They push their kids yeah. to do better. So I don't know. What was your experience like? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would want to be any other nationality than Haitian. Like, I, <laughs> I just love being Haitian. I love everything yeah, about my culture. Oh, man. I love everything about being a Haitian person. I just speak about it every chance I get. Um, but one of the biggest things that I um, I am really fond of and I am so thankful and grateful to my parents for this is they don't take the slack. Like, <laughs> you got to be on your A game all the time. And, you know, they don't settle for anything less than perfection. And even now, I would say one of the biggest facets of my life that has contributed to me being an entrepreneur is my father. Uh, Because my father was a business owner. Um, He's just a light. Like, he just, you know, motivates you to do, to be the best that you can. Challenge you, right? Yeah, yeah. He, He challenges you to just kind of take on the calling of God, but to accelerate it and make it perfect, right? I, I am a stickler for perfection. Um, I like for things to be done well. And I think I get that from my father because he does not settle for, for anything less. Um, so going back to your question, what was it like growing in a Haitian family, uh, growing up in a Haitian family, or what does that mean to the journey of entrepreneurship is, it, it just fuels me because I know I have to not only um, be kind of like the light in my family to be the first to do things, not not because there's pressure to be the first, but I want to be the first because I want people to see us in a new light. I, I want people to see the Haitian people in a new light. Like, you know, there are some stigmas that come around, oh, you know, Haitian businesses and things like that. 
my staff, you know, I have six staff members and my, my motto for each and every person is to be your best self, yep. even when there's no one watching, right. To show up with excellence. Yep. So my parents definitely instilled that in me. No. And, and like you said, that's the same for me too, where they always want us to do better yep. and they don't take, nah, you, you don't, you don't go and then do the minimum. So you have to do right. your best, but, um, exactly. uh, so being grew up in a Haitian family, which is Christian, but I know there would be some, uh, stigma and problem. So I, I'm going back to your book where you mentioned that you suffered pressure in your mm -hmm. book as a teenager, mm -hmm. but I heard that as a Christian, they said a Christian shouldn't be suffering depression. Like, mm. You know, some people, they, you know, they don't, yeah. by, by not taking less, they, they even want you to ignore like things that is real. Yeah. I don't know if you can talk more about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. This is my heart again. So I can definitely talk on that a lot. So stop me if I'm going too deep nah, into go, it, but go ahead, go ahead. one of the biggest challenges, I think, especially for the youth in the Haitian community is the fact that they feel they need to suppress their emotions. They feel like they need to suppress oh, how they feel because they want to look good for everybody else. Their parents want them to look good, right? Like the church wants them to look good. And so they've gotten so used to suppressing their real feelings and emotions and you know what comes with their situations because that's what they've been taught to do. So what happens when that happens is you know, a lot of our young people, they're suffering from um, a lot of abuse mentally, emotionally, depression, suppression. They're, they're suffering with all of these things. And I know because I work firsthand with a lot <laughs> of youth. I am a youth leader and I okay. work with them firsthand. And they don't feel like they have an outlet to voice their concerns or to voice their issues because they're, they'll be judged for the things they're going through or they'll be judged for their mistakes. They'll be judged for the ways they've acted, acted right? Yeah, and so, right. and and this is a part that we, we as the, this generation, we have to work on helping our churches fix this because we're not perfect. Nah, and I speak perfect. about this in Chosen. I, you know, I went through seasons in my life where I couldn't speak to anybody about what I was feeling. I couldn't speak to anyone because I felt like the image that was kind of portrayed on me was I had to be this perfect person. But listen, I have grown to understand that nobody is perfect. We all come with baggage. We all have yep. issues. We all have gone through moments in our lives when we felt less than, where we felt, you know, like we weren't good enough and we've sinned and we've fallen short. No, we have all fallen short. And so my voice right now is to kind of help the those that are in the Haitian churches, especially the young people, understand that you are not without. Like we, I hear you. God sees you. I understand, but now let's help the grown-ups. Let's help the people that are leading these churches understand that the youth, they also need a voice. They also need to speak about their emotions and their feelings without being judged, without being ca characterized as an outcast, right? Um, and so that is where my heart was in writing that, right? Like, yes, I did go through that season of kind of mental um, 
this stigma of I have to be perfect. I have to do this. And that brought me into a roller coaster of depression. So um, I wrote that, and that was like 15, 16 years old, right? Yeah. Um, and so th th this is exactly what a lot of young people are going through. So we have to be able to see that and speak to it. And you, 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 you did so well on by explaining that. And like I said, I heard that saying, okay, you know, in the church and they said, yeah, you shouldn't be, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't go through depression. And, and I think, and I think that is the difference between religious people and relational people, okay. right? Like the people that are saying, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be the, these are people that are putting up a front of religious activity. activity okay. Yeah. These are not people that are true to the heart of God because someone who's true to the heart of God would say, let me, let me go in prayer with you, Brilliant. but let me also find you a counselor to help you overcome this. Not you shouldn't be feeling depressed, right? No, we should not be asserting our feelings and emotions that not that's not even viable in connecting to the word of god to people that should not be happening and exactly that's that's what a lot of the time happens which leads people away no and way. you know a lot of people are, are leaving communities because of that no you're right you're right and like i said it's a very very dark situation and mm -hmm. you need help to get out of it in my understanding but um The, the thing I have close to it is that as you're growing up, you will make mistakes, but you're still gonna feel God's favor to your way. And oh, yeah. you just cannot stay there. Mm. That's why faith is important. Yeah. Because you have to listen to the Bible to get you there. But um, I think you, you did a good job mentioning it. But you mentioned also you have like five businesses. Can you yeah. tell tell the, the our listeners yeah. what like go to the businesses or you start in them? Yeah, absolutely. I am and I joke with my husband about this. I am a serial entrepreneur by heart. I okay. literally I am an entrepreneur maven. Okay. So okay. I do have my accounting firm, as you already know, RBS yep. Accounting Solutions. I also have a home care business that I started maybe five years ago okay. called Abundair Home Care. My aunt actually runs that business. So okay. um, it is a home care business that specializes in providing house care to elderly and uh, those in nursing facilities and, and sort of that nature. Okay. Um, I also have Purpose to Profit, as you know, which yep. is um, a coaching consulting firm that's helping women entrepreneurs take their expertise by packaging it into a premium offer so that they can stop working for dollars and start working um, towards providing transformation. Um, and then along with that, I also do have two other businesses that's specifically through, you know, selling uh, domains and things like that. So we harbor different domains. I am also a co-partner with my husband and his photography business where I help him with that as well. So we have, we're juggling a lot and we have a lot going on, but exciting times to do all of these things because There's no better time to help and to provide transformation. And that's what I believe in. And that's what my heart is in. But uh, are the COVID affected those businesses, if you can touch on that? Yeah. So for me, um, I know a lot of businesses have been affected by COVID negatively. But for me, I have actually seen an increase in everything. <laughs> okay. Um, from, you know, the accounting firm has blown up. I just literally uh, yesterday hired a, a new um a staff member so okay. we are now at six staff members for my accounting firm 
Um, and you know, my home care business is growing because this is the time everybody wants to make mm -hmm. sure that their family members are safe and well. Um, you know, my coaching business is literally at its peak as of now <laughs> and it's growing as well. So that has been an exciting time just helping women launch their businesses and to do it effectively. So I have thankfully, and I will say, uh, by God's will have seen an increase in everything. So no, um, no, that's good. That's and no, that's really good. And all the glory to God. It's just yes. um, for me too, as a facility manager, or we uh, we do facility management mm -hmm. services. Um, we got a lot of increase in cleaning, COVID yeah, cleaning, and which is get us a lot um, very busy. And we thank God for it. But um, yeah. you mentioned yeah. that you're doing business with your aunt. Yeah. So, I was doing business with family member. Is <laughs> Is yeah. it a really a well, good thing or a bad thing? Because, you know, people think great question. Like, great question. I actually, um, it is my mission to turn everybody around me into an entrepreneur. Okay. I don't want to see anybody around me working a nine to five um, yeah. or a seven to seven or just breaking their backs trying to make a dollar. So my aunt, actually, she is just an amazing, phenomenal person. And she was working in, in a nursing facility. And I remember when I brought the conversation to her and I said, listen, I think it's time for you to do something else because I don't think what you're doing now is going to help you save and, you know, kind of provide the lifestyle that you want. And when I first brought it up to her, everybody looked at me like I was crazy. Like Rebecca, no, she's not going to leave her, her job to come and start a business with you. But the thing is I had already started the business and it was running pretty well. Okay. And so Um, I kind of have the proof to show them, hey, this is how much money I'm making in this. And this is how much money you can make if you join into this, right? So it wasn't easy at first to convince her to join in. But once I kind of showed her how profitable things would be for her, yep. um, it kind of turned her wheels a little bit and she decided to, to join in. But I will say uh, to the question of how is it doing business with family members, I love my family members and I try as much as possible to kind of um, be a resource to them okay. to kind of lead the way and to be a resource to them but I will say sometimes it does get a little um, <laughs> a little uh... <laughs> yeah I know that's why I was waiting yeah. because people you know they I, I want to like that's the that's the idea of this podcast no no topic is off limit so sometimes they don't have a chance yeah. to and I think you have to, to you have to draw you have to put out the expectation my the way i work is i feed off i let people feed off of my my energy and what i'm able to do okay. so i would not want someone to commit to something that i know i'm not able to to kind of sustain okay so i don't even bring anything up to someone if i know for sure that i'm not able to help them see them through So my family know that they know if I bring an idea to them, I'm serious about it. Okay. And if I bring it up, if I even mention it, it's because I already have a plan in place. So your name and your voice has to kind of supersede, uh, you know, the trajectory of what people think it has to be the first liner. So you have to set the expectation from day one, that this is who I am. This is how I function. And this is what I do. If you are aligning with that, great. But if you're not, please step aside so I can do it with someone else. <laughs> wow. But, um, <clears throat> I, and I know, and let me know if that's the case. Did you, do you guys have a legal aspect of it where every wall will be legalized or on paper? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
because Absolutely. I think that's where people fail short when they bring mm -hmm. anybody, any partner. You need to have a yeah. legal aspect of it where you hire somebody who have a legal mind and they can help. So what was your process? Yeah. Like? And I'm so glad you're bringing that up because I think why a lot of family businesses fail is everything is word of mouth. Yeah. They have spoken agreements, but ne nothing written. Mm -hmm. And I treat any transaction or any relationship, business relationship as a business relationship. Okay. You can be my father, my mother, my aunt. It doesn't matter if we are doing business mm -hmm. together. It's a business relationship, right? Of course, family relationships come first, but when it comes to the business aspect, there is a line in the sand and everything is in contract. Everything is written out just as if it were, if you were working for someone in corporate. So when I hired, you know, um, my family member, I made sure she signed an employee well, contract just like she would at a job. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and if I were to go into a partnership with a family member, like my husband, for example, and people actually find this to be funny because they're like, oh, you run your, uh, the, your husband's photography business with him. And, you know, like I do kind of like the back end work, but I'm like, yeah, he's a 70% partner. I'm a 30% partner. So yeah. we have it in a contract, you know, and yeah. we are husband and wife, but Legally, it's in a contract. legally, so, you have to do it. Yeah. You know, you have to have those legal things set up, um, you know, correctly in order for it to be beneficial to both parties. And that's how I run. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's real, really good insight. So we're just gonna make a twist sexy on what's your favorite sport? <laughs> favorite sports? Yeah. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say I have a favorite sport, but okay. I, I. Over the years, because of my husband, I've been watching a lot of football. Oh, I can't yeah. Football. Yeah. I can't say I understand it, but, <laughs> you know, he's usually in the living room watching something and I'm like passing by and I hear, you know, the touchdown. So I would yeah. say maybe that. Okay. But when I was in college, I enjoyed um, playing tennis. I enjoyed like watching tennis and things okay. like that. But I, as of now, I don't want to lie to you. I have not been watching or consistently watching anything specific. But what do you do in your free time then? In my free time, if you have, filled <laughs> with my two toddlers. So okay. with my baby and my toddler. So we okay. do a lot of baking. My daughter loves to bake. Okay. So she's usually trying to get me to bake something. Um, I also do a lot of, um, how could I say this? uh like sessions with people so i give free time where i'm talking to people and kind of counseling them so a lot of my time which i don't have a lot of outside of my businesses uh the time that i do have is spent kind of helping people navigate their lives and counseling them to to their path and a lot of them are in the haitian community a lot of the youth that are kind of going through um processes and through depression to kind of help them get out of that okay um but i know when you're not doing work or helping people what do you like do is it do you have a favorite show the reason we're talking about is like to kind of find see the human side of not the human side of you just the personal side of you to the viewer yeah so one of my favorite things i, I know you mentioned sports so that's why i couldn't give you an answer okay <laughs> but one of the things that i thoroughly and anybody that knows me will tell you rebecca does this a lot I love watching African movies, especially. Oh, uh oh, Show's I know. Show is over. That, Show is that's over. Like a mom. You, you like, you like my mo my mother and my sister. <laughs> oh my god. 
Not like the long ones, but I love not I wouldn't even say movies. I love watching their the the series they have, like the oh, different man. shows. I wouldn't and think I that <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, there are some really great lessons that you can learn from these movies, you know? So I as much as I don't have time, I try to sneak in an episode or yeah. two every week just kind of get <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they, they have them on Netflix now, right? Yeah, That's how they popular have, they, they are. Actually, they have a lot on Netflix, but my African friend, my best friend actually, who is African, she put me onto this um, app where you can watch, it's like $30 a year or something, okay. but you can watch unlimited African shows and movies. So I have been binge watching all of the movies that... <laughs> I think my mother, my sister, they can spend like a day. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, so that's what I like to do. You that's know, good, just, that's good. And, and, and that's not even consistent, you know, when I get an hour or two. But I also like baking with my daughter. Okay. Um, and just doing whatever comes. Like, and I am getting in the habit now of having a workout routine in the morning. So I, I usually okay. wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, so I am starting to get in the routine of working out in the morning and, and being consistent with that. Okay. Um, no, no, that's good to hear. But any superheroes? You're not into Disney superheroes? Wonder Woman? No. Superheroes? No, my uh, superhero is God. God, oh, all the glory God. to God. God is all, all the, the super I need. No, he is definitely. All definitely. And above. So, um, my son though, who is just a little bit over one, I think he's starting to watch and kind of see, uh, you know, the different superhero cartoons he okay. likes and. Um, but yeah, no, for me, I, I, I don't have a favorite superhero. Okay, I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> side of it, where we're talking about superheroes is because I think, and as a Christian, we, it was me, like Superman was what we used to watch and Power Rangers in back in Haiti. And as I'm growing up, I I realized that those are fiction, but back back then I really thought they were real, real people, and and then God kind of changed where He taking over, and then being yeah. my superhero as you mentioned because yeah. He's like He's the most powerful. He can do anything, and sometimes He take you where you will be like speechless, you know. Yeah, and, and, I think, um, and I think that is so powerful within itself because one of the things I've tried to do, my both my husband and I, is we are very um, adamant about not letting our kids watch anything and everything because okay. it, it seeps into your mind really easily, right? So I like to think about what is the motive behind anything and not to go deep about superheroes, but when you're watching these people on television and you're having your kids watch these, these superheroes, right? It's great so that they feel like, oh, I can do this, right? But I think sometimes it takes away from what you can actually be teaching them, which is, yeah, nobody's perfect, right? Like, and and these 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 are fictional characters. Uh, so so the one you should be fixing your eyes on is Jesus, right? Yeah, definitely. So I am very intentional about that and and teaching them. And um, we, we have great superheroes in in the Bible, you know. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so it's just we we're not driving them to, and we, mm. that's why we they're any, not mainstream. Yeah, they're yeah. not mainstream. Yeah. Anybody who's listening will draw like you can 
write a book about all those characters in the Bible because right. we have great. So talking about book, what was the process um, writing your book? What was my process? <laughs> How long did it take you? So the writing the book itself took me 90 days. Okay. And I will tell you exactly how that happened. So I had, this is my second book. Okay. Um, my first book, I never published it. It just sat in my word doc. Okay. And I thought, because I, I was surprised. I said, I, I was, my mission is to buy all your books. <laughs> yeah, no, the first one, actually, I also have another book I wrote after that. Okay. Um, that is a financial book. So okay. you might not be interested in that because it's all about financials and stuff. But this book came to me, I really felt called to write this because I wanted to kind of walk people through my process and what God has done for me and to help them also um, get out of something. But the process in writing the book was I would wake up literally every day around four or 5 a.m. because at the time I was working a full-time job. Okay. So I did not have time from you know the day to do it. So I, I had to wake up early to do it. And I remember pitching it to a couple of publishers and um, no, thinking about uh, pitching it to a couple of publishers and every publisher I thought about, I just, the Lord just kind of kept telling me, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. And so I was really adamant about getting direction about what God wanted me to do. And so I decided to self-publish instead of going through a major publication. Okay. Um, and that was the best decision I made relating to that book. Um, but the process was just, you know, making sure that I had set some time apart to think about what God was speaking to me because I did not want it to be something I was speaking from the flesh and writing from the flesh, okay. but was a download from heaven. So I made sure to really pray and concentrate in writing the content of that book. Um, so why, why decided not to go to a big publisher? versus yeah for me sale. it was all about having ownership right being able to say that okay this is something i'm able to distribute to anybody to any church to any location and to be free okay. to do that without having it being a contract obligation you okay. know what i mean okay. um and so for me it just made more sense spiritually speaking because i did not want to necessarily make a profit off of this book i wanted people to have it so it could change their lives because I knew that, you know, writing this book, I wanted to get it in the hands of the young people. I wanted to get it in the hands of their parents so that they knew this is what your child is going through, right? And so going through a publisher, there would have been some contractual Contract issues yeah, yeah. if I were just to be giving my book away for free and they would not be benefiting. Okay. So, uh, so that was a, a part of it that I had to think about as well. And I did not want my name to be tied to anything that I did not believe in. So I think one of the publishers that reached out to me was a really big publisher, but their content was not Christian. And I did not want, and although I could have positioned myself to kind of go out there and, and, and kind of be that light, they did not want to position that the book in that way. And okay. I did not want that to be the case. So I decided to just self publish. Um, so <clears throat> can you tell us where we can find a book? Um, Absolutely. So you can find the book at any major bookstore online. So you can find it on Amazon, um, Barnes and Nobles. You can find it on um, any um, virtual ebook that you currently use, iKindle, uh, but major, majorly through Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. All right. So that's good. Thank you for this um, this information you're providing regarding the book. 
so word of the week hebrew 13 verse 5 keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have for he has said i will never leave you nor forsake you that's the word of the week hebrew 13 verse 5 keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have for he has said i will never leave you nor forsake you that was the word of word um word of the week with that city management all right let's go back with rebecca rebecca so we're gonna turn into hot topics hot topics where we're gonna talk about things people don't really talk so how should christian file the taxes according to the bible uh christian, okay yeah because you know a quick example will be husband and wife they're both working but to take advantage of the tax bracket they file separately so with your background both financially and with your christianity so what do you think is the best way to file your taxes sure so when it comes to filing taxes there is the legal aspect of it but then there's also the strategy aspect of it and our firm works a lot with business owners and individuals that are really trying to get the best strategy right just because something seems like it is illegal or if it seems illegal it probably It'll is illegal, illegal. Yeah. um and along the line of that i will say that there are strategies that you can use that we help people use that is grounded in the irs tax code that will allow them to make good you know, good uh, decisions when it comes to their taxes. So when it comes to the question of how should Christians file their taxes, I say you should file your taxes honestly, right? And you should find a tax planner who is able to help you put the best strategies in place so that you are maximizing your tax savings legally, okay? Based on the IRS tax code. So. Um, someone filing married, filing separately, who's married, uh, um, who's married and is uh, filing married separately, that's not necessarily illegal if you know the strategy to use based on the tax code. Okay. All right. So it really comes down to finding a professional who is knowledgeable in the field, who has the experience, the expertise, the qualifications to help you navigate through those tax laws. Now, what I have seen a lot of people do, especially, um, I, I wouldn't say especially, but I've come across a couple of uh, 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 businesses that try to really absorb being taxed. And so they, they over project or under project their income so that they're not being taxed. Now that is illegal. Okay. If you are an individual and you're not reporting your, your, yep. your income and you're withholding information, that is illegal. But I would say overall, Find the right person who is able to help you navigate these tax laws because you will get caught and it won't be pretty <laughs> when you do. So, so make sure you're doing everything in, in, in honesty and, um, and integrity. Yes. And, but my question would be too, where do, where do the 10% that's the requirement from the Bible, where that's the law? Is it whenever you get so it just has a question I'm, I'm trying to because you you having two hats where the business side and being a christian 
is it that okay you give your tie every time you 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 get your paycheck or when you fill your taxes you should give a tie to your taxes like tax return so you're asking should you be paying a 10% on okay first of all let me just say this right yeah um this is a great a great topic because i love talking about tithing because a lot of people misunderstand the biblical concept around tithing okay all right um and i'm not going to go theologically into the details of it yep. but if you look in the bible tithing in the old testament was uh uh was actually more than 10% right yeah. So it is a call to us as Christians to give freely and to give happily, right? Into okay. into the storehouse. And then in the Old Testament it talks about that tenth, but if you go into the the Old Testament, tithing was actually more than 23% because you had to be tithing your food, you had to be tithing your animal mm -hmm. stocks, you had to be tithing all these things, right? Um and so when we as Christians, I always ask God to give me more to give me a hundred percent so I can give 90% to him and I can keep 10% because I really believe that the more you give to God, the more he'll bless. Yes, and yes. not because of this law and effect, but because of your obedience to him and giving. So if you and faith get, too. let's say you get paid, I'm sorry. And faith too. Yeah, know? exactly. So let, let's say you get a hundred dollars and you feel in your heart, you're not being compelled to do it. You feel like giving $10 out of that hundred dollars, that's amazing. But if you feel like giving $20, give that $20, right? Yeah. So it's, it's really tied to your faith and your obedience to God's rules. So going back to the question of the taxes, and I'm not going to go theologically into the tithing for now, because I know a lot of our listeners <laughs> uh, might have questions about it, but going into the question of taxes, if you are, so, so when you file your taxes, right, what that's essentially doing is you are filing and letting the government know that this is how much money I made. This is how much money I've already paid to you. If I overpaid my taxes, pay me back. If I didn't pay enough, I'll pay you, right? So technically when you file your taxes, you've already either prepaid your taxes and you, you are paying the government. So you wouldn't need to be taxed twice on or tithing twice on the money that you've made from a tax return. But well, hold okay? on, hold on. That means, sorry to cut you off, but that means you have to give tie every time you you get a paycheck. Or that, so, that doesn't even mean so that. So when yet. we say someone has to do something, it sounds like it is not being done with free will. Okay. okay. The Bible instructs us to do it freely. So if you are getting paid every week or every bi-weekly, however often you get but, paid, it is commanded, it is commanded for you to uh, bring the tithing into the storehouse, right? Um, but it doesn't say if you're getting paid every week, right? You might be, let's say you get a paycheck every week, but then you know you're getting money somewhere else uh, every Monday, Wednesday, yeah, and Friday, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> so, so, so you have to think about, okay, from all of these different income sources that I have, how much am I going to give and how much am I, is my heart content to give to the Lord? Remember everything belongs to the Lord. God doesn't need your 10% to keep, you know, yep. like to, to, to keep his kingdom. He, he is giving you the will to give into the storehouse because provision needs to be made in the storehouse. Right? So it is my recommendation that someone 
who is getting paid weekly or bi-weekly or however often you're getting paid to keep track of that and to be honest with your giving and to give happily and to give from a place of faith and a place of obedience yes yes um because i think this is really a big topic and where because the way i see it and we you know i think you do too a lot of conversation where if so what's the benefits when you give because you can report it when you file in your tax your tie all the tie you give throughout the year you can report it is that true yeah so there is a deduction uh you can get a deduction for any donation that is made to a nonprofit okay. or to a church location so if you are making any do- uh, donations throughout the year you do have the possibility to claim that in your taxes okay, okay. Um, i do know some people who choose not to do that whether you choose to do it or not is completely free will okay. right okay. god is not going to punish you if you choose to obey the law of the land you know um but in that same light i think there are more benefits to giving than there is to not so yes, i choose yes. to obey and give right yeah, yeah. so i think if we think of it that way like what will i lose out of if i'm giving then i wouldn't if i were to not give if that okay. makes sense i no, think there are sense. more the benefits stack up for me eat i will tell you this Eddie. every time and and my husband can testify to this every time i choose to be obedient with my giving and i choose to be um to use crazy faith to yeah. do something um god honors that right yep. he honors that because he sees your heart he sees the intent behind it yep. and sometimes you might not even have you might be looking at all of your bills and you're like lord like i have this check the check has to pay all these bills give to caesar what is caesar's give to the lord what is the lord's yep those two should not be mixed together so no 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 that's 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 great stuff that's great stuff but um quick i'm quick pushing it going deep in it because our topic is like where like it's time to to dig deep in those subject so and i heard it people saying if you're married you shouldn't and you are married you're a christian you shouldn't be filing taxes separately that's doing like uh that's lying to your faith and that's lying to to the government is it true because i think you you mentioned no, that, that. Is not true i don't okay. know I, i think a lot of people are misinformed again that's the that religious spirit that comes in a lot and i hear it a lot and i have to correct people a lot because you should please do not take any advice from someone who is not a tax professional with credentials to help you understand the tax code okay, okay. if your mother your father is if they are not a, a tax person they don't know the tax code they have not sat through an exam to get qualifications to help you navigate the tax system please do not take advice from them okay hire a tax professional call our office uh, uh you know we're always kind of there to answer your questions even though we're, you know, we might not be taking new clients, but we're able to kind of guide you in the right direction. So I would say someone who says you can't file married separately. So the, let's, let's talk about this. I'm just going to give you a quick tax tip of the day. All right. So the government has several different filing statuses for you to file your taxes. There's single, married filing jointly, married filing separately, widow, or, you know, someone who, who is a widower. Okay. Yep. It would not be it would be illegal if it was not a tax 
past election. Okay. They have put married filing separately there for a reason. Like it's not there just not to be there. It's there for a reason. So we, I, I service a lot of high end clientele who are million dollar owners and you know, they don't want their, their income being commingled with their spouse. And that is absolutely okay to do. <laughs> your tax election is not a a, 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 a notion of your marital life. life. Okay. <laughs> like right. your tax election does not denote whether or not you're married or not married to your spouse. It just tells the government, my spouse has their own income. I have my income. And if we were to put it together, we would be taxed higher. So it makes more tax advantage. It makes it more of an advantage for us to file married filing right. separately. Those people are still married. It's just for their tax election, they're filing married filing separately. Um, it is not illegal. Uh, it can become illegal if you are lying about the reasoning behind why you wanna file separately, but it is absolutely legal to do so if your reasonings are valid and if it's uh, accommodated by the IRS tax code. So if you, and you're saying that if you file files jointly with your spouse and it's hurting you, you cannot take advantage of the system. You will, it would be better to file separately to see if that will be an advantage. It's okay right. to do so it. Any right? tax professional who knows what they're doing is going to give you, uh, uh, what I the, like the to call a performer statement to kind of show you. Uh, the difference between the two, right? They should be kind of sitting down with you and to tell you, hey, this is this is what it looks like when you're filing married uh, together uh, jointly. And this is what it looks like when you're, if you were to file married filing separately, and they should kind of be able to kind of point you in the right direction. Um, now, I will say that you can definitely, the IRS makes it very open for you to not take advantage, but for you to understand how you can benefit from the tax code. A lot of people think the IRS is after them to like, you know, hurt them and take money from them and, you know, and all of these things. And so they, they start lying and they start doing all these things when there was actually an easier way to do it. I get people who call me all the time and, you know, they're like, Rebecca, like I lied on my taxes last year. What can I do? I'm like, we have to amend your taxes because I'm not going to help you commit fraud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so, so we have to understand that yes, there are opportunities for us to kind of take a look at the tax code and choose what works for us. And, you know, is to the best of our advantage. No, you are. And I think when I, when we got, when we first got married and I just feel my tax single mm -hmm. and I pay a huge price for it because I was married, but we forgot, you know, we yeah. just do it like that. And that gives us in a, in a bad position with the Right. IRS. If you're married, you cannot file single. You can yeah. either file married, married filing jointly or married filing separately. But Those yeah. are the two statuses for married people. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, 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 we learned that le lesson really hard. <laughs> And there, are and there are different deductions for each. If you're filing single, you have a way lesser deduction than someone who's filing uh, married filing jointly. And if you're uh, filing married filing separately, you have a way lower deduction uh, than someone who's married filing jointly. So it might not even make sense for you. To, it might even hurt you to file married filing separately. So which is why it's encouraged if, you know, there are no um, big 
big jumps of income or anything like that, that's going to hinder you to actually file married filing jointly. So, so what about people who's, uh, because I know if, if you don't have a kid, you can take somebody's kid and then file it. You so you cannot do that. Like, I don't know. I heard people do it. People do it does not mean it's legal. If I know. Who okay. Are, so let me, let me know, yeah, let me yeah. know. So tell, can you go deep into that? Because those are the things like we, we trying to educate our listeners because people are doing it where they take a kid from like a sibling or I don't know, a cousin, and then they put it on their tax. One thing I heard that wasn't legal. So you both party cannot do this at the same time. Like okay. if uh, if an uncle has doesn't have kids and then he has his sister's kid, he can file. Right. So there are different um, there are different again tax codes for each and every single thing that you're doing with taxes. Yeah. If you're filing for a dependent, that dependent needs to either be under 17 years old and have lived yeah. with you for you know more than half the year. If that is the case, then you can claim that person. But if your if your niece lives in Florida, <laughs> you live in Boston, and you are claiming them as your dependent, really are you know taking advantage of the law system. And if they find you, you will be heavily and hefty penalized for that. So we have to be ethical and we have to do things by standard. Can you repeat um, that again, <laughs> please? <laughs> Because sure. So, you know, you have to do things based on the IRS tax code. If um, there are different laws in the tax code that allows you to claim dependents, um, one being that if someone is under the age of 17 um, or they are up to 21 and they're in school full time, you can claim them as a dependent or if they are biologically or have been adopted, um, you can definitely claim them. Uh, they must have have lived with you if they are not fitting into one of those categories for at least over half of the year. If that is not the case and you are claiming someone who is not, has not lived with you, has no relation to you, has, you know, or maybe they are your niece, your nephew, your grandmother's daughter, I don't know, something weird. And you're claiming them on your return as a dependent, you will be he heavily fined for it if it comes to the knowledge of the IRS. And I will tell you this, um, just because you do it once or twice or three times and the IRS doesn't say anything, it does not mean it's not bringing up a red flag in their system. They will eventually catch up to you and they will find you. And when they find you, you will be heavily fined. Um, I have had um, to fix several, if not hundreds, and, I, and I'm not over-exaggerating. Our office has, has had to fix hundreds of tax returns from fraudulent activities from tax preparers that claimed they were tax preparers that had no qualifications filing taxes that did not even know a deduction from a credit and they were filing people's taxes wrongly and you know people were getting fined for Fine. it and then the IRS catch up to them and we have to fix it so make sure you're doing things ethically nah wow and I'm glad you bring in those insight because I know <clears throat> people and then those are question people talk about and then things happening in the tax season and will happen as we speak because people are feeling the taxes right. um so if you and i think that probably gonna be the last question and i think a lot of people businesses has like um the pp the ppe okay. um loan so 
and I heard bad stories where people are taking advantage of those loans oh, as yeah. a Christian. What's your message for them? And the tax, the tax, um, uh, like an accountant, the tax preparer. Yeah. Um, so as an accountant, I have had to really help a lot of businesses, and it's unfortunate because I know a lot of businesses has, you know, they've been impacted by COVID, and a lot of them have had no income. So obviously, you know, they've they, the CARES Act has allowed for a lot of provision for business owners in that sense, but. My answer to all of that is pretty much the same. You have to do things because um, I feel like a lot of people choose when they're Christian and when they're not like, oh, when it comes to me doing uh, church right. things, I can be a Christian. Yes. But when it comes to money and me doing these things, I can kind of wave my myself around and kind of, you know, no, you have to be consistent about who you are like and that will show through whether you are working in your taxes or with the PPP loans or whatever else. Um, I actually just dealt with someone just a couple of weeks ago who wanted us to amend a tax return so that that person could get a higher PPP uh, loan. Um, and I knew for sure that that person did not make the amount of money. And so you have, as an accountant, I have to also hold myself accountable. Your right. business and, ethic, you um, know? Both spiritually speaking and um, yeah. credentially speaking, because I could lose my credentials if I am falsely, you know, modifying documents for someone and I am not being honest with the law system. So um, my advice to any business owner would be to really be honest, because there are people that are really in need of this money. money. Like there are restaurants that are closed down. There are, you know, so many businesses that are closed down that are really impacted. So if you are absorbing the funds that could be used to help someone else, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your community a disservice and you are lying and it is not ethical and it's not biblical. So we have to also think about it from that angle as well. Well said, and like I said, that's I think those are the great, great, great question answers. Um, so I know you mentioned you wanted to promote an event coming up. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Let's go. So we are. Um, I have a group on Facebook. If you you can find it, it's called Purpose the Profit. It's for Christian female entrepreneurs, or actually female Christian coaches, consultants, and educators that are looking to uh, grow their businesses or start a coaching business. And we have an event happening from March 8th until the 14th. It's a seven day challenge where I am going to help you earn $5,000 in seven days. Uh, this is only open to female Christian coaches, consultants, and educators, but I welcome you to join. You can join the group if you just type in Facebook, Purpose to Profit for Christian female coaches and consultants. Oh yeah, there will be a link below um, on, the, on the podcast um, for that too. But um. Yes last word for you rebecca and like i said thank you and i think we had a great opportunity to learn about you your family your background education and your career too yeah this has been great it's been an honor to be here with you Eddie, and thank you so much for having me on and i you know i enjoy speaking about my experience if i can help anybody in their journey i am more than happy to do that so when should we expect a second book soon it's so, coming out sooner than you think all right so we'll be we'll be hopefully you send us a copy you will be all right first you'll be one of the first people to know all right definitely thank you and we we we're hoping to get you back to talk more about um your purpose and your your mission and then businesses too i think we're gonna have a lot of re reaction feedback regarding 
the hot topics we mentioned today and people are gonna probably be happy and upset too we don't know we'll see hey i just speak truth no that's right <laughs> that's right and thank you thank you so thank i think we so have much. a great opportunity so today with um rebecca she she was our guest and then we're gonna we're gonna be posting everything so call us uh reach out to us on facebook on youtube zp podcast live um you can see the 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 podcast and you can go on podbean podbean for zp podcast live thank you <laughs>